Hey, this is Mike Missanelli, and you're listening to the Feed and Bead, the number one Sixers podcast in America. Yeah, 2-1 on his jersey, playing like he's number one. Best big in the league, and it's no debate. Who's from the haters? Point him to the exit. I guess every franchise needs its process. Every franchise needs its own process. Coming down the lane, yeah. Watch your head, yeah. We post a every game, yeah. Get your Kodak. Once he gets you under the basket, you better just pray. Hit you with the jab step, knock down, lock from Ben. Get out the way, and one. Let the fans know it. Yeah, homie, let the fans know it. Watch the trailer, the three is going in your eye. If you mess, you better get back. Cause if them bees, there won't be a putback. Keep all that trash out of the paint. Cause them bees will put it back in your face. He's a cold blooded killer, and he take no prisoners. Yeah, dump off from TJ. Call it the feed to him, Good afternoon, everybody. This is a special episode of the Feed to Embiid. I am your host, Austin Krell. Special guest today, I have uh, 97.5 The Fanatic's very own Mike Missanelli. He has his uh, very successful show on on air and on and on NBC Sports Philadelphia from two to six, starting the, starting on Monday. Um, Mike, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for for, for, uh, for being on here. My pleasure, Austin. Um, so obviously, it's a little bit of a of a very exciting week, especially from yesterday. Um, there's a certain right fielder that we brought in to the, to the city. And, uh, you know, I was actually in the middle of an exam for midterms and I, and I, and I'm checking my, uh, you know, I'm handing it in. My friend walks in, he has it right after I do. And he's, and he's laughing at me. I'm like, what's so funny? And he goes, they got him. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? And he goes, the Phillies, they got Harper. I pull my phone out and I'm go, I go, holy shit. And I'm running out of the room going crazy. I mean, I, I saw how you guys reacted. What was your first thoughts? Uh, I, w- I was stunned by it because it was such a turnaround from from where we had talked about the whole issue and, and the latest information that came out that they were suddenly not in the running for them and another team was going to get them. And, and we were really in a mode to, to, to blast management for, for not you know, being able to clinch the deal. And the, you know, the word was that they weren't willing to go to $300 million. Uh, and that came from uh, Jim Duquette, who's a, an assistant general manager who actually worked with Andy McPhail in Baltimore. So I'm thinking that guy's pretty plugged in. And yeah. so uh, I'm thinking that the Phillies, uh, they had put the, that that kind of uh, dollar sign on the player like they did with Machado. They said he they weren't willing to pay to go that high for Machado. And all along, I thought that they thought Machado was a better player. So it was stunning when when it came down. So I, I I thought it was a joke, really. At first, uh, John Heyman had reported had tweeted it out, and and all these national guys that have been reporting on this have been so off that I didn't know whether to believe it or not. And then we went into a commercial and was confirmed by everybody. So it, it was. Uh, it, it, listen, this is this is the biggest free agent that has ever been signed in Philadelphia. Now, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, you can get because a lot of people. Uh, Julius Irving wasn't a free agent when they got him. Obviously, Lindros was not. Uh, Tio was not technically a free agent. And so this is the you know Pete Rose way back in in 1979 and uh, whenever they got him. Obviously, he was a big name, but he was down in his career. He was deep into his 30s by then. This is a monster acquisition for the city. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought the best part of the whole thing because you know no one no one really thought that that. 
you know, the, the common conception was that it would be a 10-year deal, whatever, 300-something dollars. No one thought he would commit himself here for really the rest of his career and that he would request no opt-outs and an, a full no-trade clause. And what that said to, said to me was, this guy, he, maybe maybe L.A. would have been his storybook ending, but he's happy to be here. And, he, and, he, and he's happy to commit himself to the city long-term. Well, you know what that means when you commit yourself, when you choose Philadelphia, because it doesn't happen a lot. Yes. A lot of people look at uh, Philadelphia, that, you know, who wants to go there? But he committed to come here, and that is going to mean so much. This fan base is going to give him a standing ovation of us every time he comes oh, yeah. up. I mean, the, the example was Cliff Lee, who chose the, the Phillies over the Yankees. And, uh, you know, they, they loved Cliff Lee. You know, even today, he, he blew a game in the uh, in the playoffs. And, you know, you, they don't really hate Cliff Lee because he had bonded with his fan base. It's it's a, I don't think Bryce Harper realizes what it's going to mean for him in this city and how beloved he's going to be. Right. Yeah, I think you're absolutely correct. And I, and I think that once you're here for a while and you get absorbed into it, you realize that it's a great decision to, that you make to come here. Yeah, um, and, and listen, they've, they've, um, they want to win now. I, I, I got to give the Phillies a lot of credit for, for the add-ons they've had. They've put together a lineup that I believe can actually get to a World Series, maybe win a World Series. And you can compare it to 2008, they hit their way to the World Series that year. Yeah. They had one really good starting pitcher. And then Jamie Moyer had a good year, but that was an offensive team that beat teams because they scored more runs. I think this team is kind of in the same category. I think you're absolutely right. Um, now I want to I want to dive into you a little bit to give to give the, the listeners an uh, idea of, of who you are. So you know I've always said that ever since I got into sports radio and listening to you guys every day, that there are you know there are a lot of personalities out there, but but you've always been one of the favorites of, of mine, and you're you're living the dream, getting the paid to talk about sports on the radio, and now you have your own slot on TV. Um, I done my research on you, and you began as a writer for the Inquirer, and now you're at the Fanatic. You also have a degree in law, and even though your fame comes from sports media, you've also been a professor at St. Jones too. St. Joe's too. So your resume is obviously exceptional. And my question to you is, how did you begin this journey, and how did you find sports radio? Uh, you know, it's 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 really uh, an interesting question, and I get it all the time. And sports radio kind of found me rather than me finding it. Yeah. Um, it really happened by accident, to be honest with you. And my whole career, really, I just kind of let it let it go wherever it was going to go. Uh, now, I was a I was a writer uh, at the Enquirer while I got my law degree, and when I got out, the Enquirer uh, wanted me to stay on for an extra year to cover college basketball. And the first assignment was in Maui, cover Villanova in the Maui Classic. <laughs> so, the, the law career, and then the more I, I did it, I mean, I was, that's when the Enquirer was a viable entity, and they had a budget. And they, so I'm flying all over the country doing feature stories and and, and covering Final Fours. And, so it was a lot of fun, and I had a lot of law school buddies that were miserable in law. Yeah. So I just stayed with it for a little while, and then sports radio um, uh, was born in 1990, I guess here, and uh, I, the management looked at we we got our own show together. The Inquirer Sports staff got our own show together. We call it the Morning Sports Page, where we would go on an hour for um, their morning show, which was Tom Brookshire. So we did the last hour because he didn't want to do four hours, and we did nine to ten. And uh, we had personalities that we knew we were talking about, and management kind of took inventory of it. And one by one, they kind of poached us into Sports Talk Radio. I, had, I left the Inquirer to take a, a one-year contract uh, with the other radio station. And, and you know, I figured it's a, it's a gamble. I mean, if it doesn't work, I, I could practice law or whatever. But it really worked. And uh, yeah. my career just kind of flowed from there. I got a chance to 
to be on. Uh, I was a, a nightly sports anchor on, on Channel 17, and I, I published my own magazine for a while called The Fan Magazine. And I've done yeah. A couple of other TV shows. So, like, you know, the opportunities just came to me, at, uh, and Sports Talk Radio has always been my base. Yeah. Well, you know, obviously, it's a, it's a tremendous story, and you do a great job of what you do. So whenever you have these guys on Twitter, on the radio, uh, you know, criticizing you, you know that you, you know you you do an unbelievable job at, at what you do, and it's a pleasure to listen to you every day. Well, I appreciate um, that. You know, the, the, I uh, I do get a lot of uh, uh, hate on Twitter, but uh, here, here's the thing. I, you know, the only thing that I can control on Sports Talk Radio is is to be as honest as possible, and that's what I try to do. And um, I think this is a, a town that deserves that kind of honesty. Yeah. And sometimes my, people don't agree with my opinions, and I come out with my opinions strong and. Sometimes the, it it blanches uh, them because they don't have the same opinion, but yeah. it's part it's part of the whole thing. It's okay. Yeah, um, and kind of going off of that, my next question is: as someone who has listened to listened to or watched your show every day, there have been a handful of moments when I think to myself, "How does he restrain himself when it comes to the ridiculousness of some of the calls and the hostile uh, ways in which some of the callers interact with you?" And in my research that I've done, I found a uh, a recording of a show in which you tried to you know, uh, civilly talk to a, an individual who became disrespectful after you had, after you had called him out for double parking his car in a, um, in a spot the day before. And I don't know if you remember that. I don't know if you remember that, but it was, I, I, it was, I was floored by it, how, how absurd the kid was being. Um, but how do you remain patient and professional and how do you handle it when callers are excessively out of line? Well, I, I, that's the fun part of it, actually. It's like, I, you know, but like the back and forth conversation and, you know, sometimes it gets my ire up, but I, but I try to, I try to, uh, to present the other side. I mean, it's my law, lawyer training. I, I, I try to get the people to, to think about the, the, the alternative that, that from their opinion. And, um, um, and, and sometimes they get belligerent. Sometimes the callers are ridiculous where I just shake my head. Now TV sh is showing my expressions now, which I, I have to be careful about. Yeah. <laughs> but but the, the fun part where you get a caller who doesn't agree with you to agree with you at the end of the call. Like that, that's, the, that's a mission of mine. It's like a little game I play with myself. Let's oh see yeah. Present the other side to him where he would actually see that maybe my points are, are actually valid. So, oh, yeah. I mean, so that's the fun part. Yeah. You know, you can, you can't get into a screaming match with people. They're, they're there to, to get their two minutes in and they have their opinions and uh, you know, they, sometimes they cross the line, but it's okay. Yeah. Like, like I, I think the funniest part, I'll, I'll be driving home from class one day and I, and I'll hear this, I'll hear some guy, Oh, he he would have signed here already. He would he he he's want to be here. And then you make a and then you make a point, and then they and then you hear them drop silent for like a good two seconds, and they're like, uh, uh, yeah, I guess. And they're like, all right, brother, have it, have, it, have that. You got it. Have a good day. And yeah, then it's well, like, it's, and then it's, it's like, you got him. Yeah, this Harper thing, uh, really, because people had made up their mind about certain things like uh he wanted an opt-out clause or uh his wife didn't want to come here or he didn't want to play for gabe kapler right yeah and all that so what i try to present i've covered sports all these years players don't care who the manager is in baseball they really don't they're not going to not come here because of the manager they're going to come here because it's the most lucrative uh, contract they can get in, in in you know this whole quest for them to be the highest paid player in the game so like you know I, this is really uh I, I, you know, what's really funny. I, I, the pressure that a media can put on a fan base or a team rather to, to convert a fan base is really extraordinary because I mean, we pressed this pedal on Harper for a really long time. And, and if the Phillies were smart, and I think they are, they're paying attention to fan reaction. 
And uh, they said, you know, if we don't get this guy, this fan base is going to revolt. So I think, you know, Sports Talk Radio in particular is a good vehicle for that. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought the one thing, you know, one thing yesterday when I was reflecting on all of this, my one thought was, okay, A, I actually had a couple of thoughts, but my first thought was, you know, when, when the dust settles on the situation, in the end, all of these guys it really care, truly care about at number one, only thing that matters is that money talks and bullshit walks, and and that's exact that's exactly what it is. Patrick Corbin took more money to go to go to DC. Did he want to go to DC? We'll probably never know. Um, Mike Trout, I mean, uh, not Mike Trout. Manny Machado went to San Diego for three hundred million. Does he want to go to San Diego? Unlikely. We don't know where Bryce Harper wants to be number one, but the money was right in all three situations, and yeah, that's and, and that's number one. The thing that bothered me this whole thing is that, about the Phillies is if they were trying to get a bargain price. And, you know, Nate knew going in that Boris was determined to get his client the most money ever. I mean, that's yeah. the way the guy w- operates. He had a client where he could get the most money in baseball. So when, when they did not go to 330 right away, I, I, I thought they were just kidding themselves. I mean, Jim Carl yeah. Stanton was making 325. Boris was not going to take any less than that. So it was amazing yeah. that it took this long that they – they actually tried to get him for a lower price when it was not not feasible to get him at a lower price, and, yeah. and a lot a lot of this was a waste of time until they finally got to the number. Yeah, and I I I was reading through you know the, the tweets that were going out, and I'm, and I'm thinking, you thought you had a chance to get him at two seventy three hundred? Are you out of your mind? Like what like what have you been doing this whole time, thinking that you had a chance to get this guy at two seventy to three hundred when? When he's when he's you know much better than Giancarlo Stanton and he and he's getting three twenty five like I I was so shocked by the by the ridiculousness of that that I couldn't I couldn't believe it I was like befuddled by it but yeah, um, that was the tenor of the first hour of yesterday's show yeah <laughs> we, we were saying the same thing and then all of a sudden yeah. we said oh never mind <laughs> yeah no nah, <laughs> nah, it doesn't it's, yeah it doesn't matter anymore um, but seeing as this is a Sixers podcast and we've talked about baseball for the first thirteen minutes um, let's, let's dive into that now. They got a great win last night without Embiid. But speaking of Embiid, it's now going on. I think uh, the fourth game, maybe I think it's I think it's the fourth game, make, almost going on five tomorrow. Uh, that Embiid's been out. What do you make of the situation? Uh, well, he's going to be back. I think they're being overly cautious. But you know, last night they showed a, an ability to to move the basketball and get guys involved off assists and score off off of passes and. I thought their movement with off on offense was really good last night. Now he slows that down a little bit, but he gives you so much the other way. They haven't quite adjusted fully to Embiid in the lineup with new guys, and I, I hope that they can <laughs> quicken that process because I, I I think they really should win the East. I think they yeah. have the, the talent now to win the East with the, with the role players that they have and the starting five that they have. Yeah. So. Um, you know, the Embiid will be back probably against Golden State. He's not going to miss that. Yeah. And uh, a- yeah, we'll see how we're. I, I was a little surprised that, that Jimmy Butler hasn't taken over as much as I thought he would. Yeah. And I don't understand yeah. why. I, he's trying to be extra unselfish or he doesn't like playing here. I can't figure it out yet, but he's yeah. got to take more of the, the responsibility, I think. Well, you know, we're going to know soon because if they if they offer him that ma- that super max deal, which I don't think they should, I think they should give him slightly less than that money. But you know, if he, if he takes it, he wants to be here and he'll be back. If he doesn't, then you know what he wants to do. If he goes well, to a less situation. I, I you know, the determining factor is whether they win or not. If they don't yeah. win the East, then they may lose him. But well, we'll see. Yeah, and I think it's hilarious that 
even though Elton Brand did a fantastic job, he somehow managed to make the bench worse than it was before. You think he did? Oh my God! Some of these, some of these guys they run out there. James Ennis, who he just he plays he plays like he's a spastic, smaller version of Jonah Bolden. <laughs> See, I, I mean, think, it's, I think I hear what you're saying because he hasn't really you haven't really seen him contribute yet. But I yeah. think that in this in the particular roles in the playoffs, they're going to use those guys. I think they're they're better than they were. I mean, yeah, you, you couldn't play Furkan Korkmaz at all, and. Uh, you know, you can play Simmons and Ennis and, and not, they're not going to hurt you. They might not help you uh, overly, but they're certainly not going to hurt you. Yeah. Um, were you, did it concern you that, that he at MB played in the all-star game despite having this, uh, no, injury? No, I know that this has been a subject that a lot of people have, um, I think that your tone is that you were upset that he played in the all-star <laughs> game. You can't tell a guy not to play in an all-star game. I mean, he was going to yeah. start the all-star game. That's a tremendous yeah. achievement, and and you can't tell a guy he can't play. Now, I, I I don't know what you know whether he exacerbated it in that All Star game or not, or whether it was sore before he went there. But no, I, I, it's, I it was okay by me. Um, if if it wasn't his first time as a starter, uh, then maybe. But that you know that was a crowning moment for him. I I think I think you are right. I think you are right. Um, I. I just think it's such a difficult situation to, to, to go around because at the same time it's a player's league and he what and he's the head of this team and what he says goes. But at the same time, he also has a, a financial obligation to keep himself as healthy as possible for, for this fan base and for this team. But then again, we don't know all the details yet, so it's hard to say. Yeah, um, I don't think I don't think he's he's hurt. I, I yeah, I, you know, I I think they're being overly cautious. He's got a, he's a little banged up knee, but uh, I, I think it's going to be fine. Yeah. Last thing on the Embiid injury, given given the team's not the injury, but what it is right now, given the team's recent history with medical staff, and then compounded by his history of injuries, do you think it's reasonable that fans are concerned? Uh, you know, I, I don't I don't know if fans can can put themselves in like they don't have enough expertise to say that the medical staff is not doing a good job. You know, right. like I'm not, I'm not a doctor, I I can't uh, uh, put a. a uh, an opinion that, that they're medically incompetent. And uh, so I, I, I don't know. He, he's had some nagging injuries. Everybody in the NBA gets nagging injuries. He's got a lot of weight that he's carrying up and down. And I know a lot of people are peeing that he doesn't get in the post every single possession, but you know, I, I see what he's doing. He's preserving some energy sometimes when he stays at the top. Yeah. So I, they're just going to have to live with it. You know, he, yeah. he's not a, who, who in the NBA is, is like, completely healthy you know no one no at this point in the season no one is yeah everybody gets banged up they have to give guys maintenance the 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 pace of the game has gotten so much quicker than before that obviously injuries are are, you know going to going to flow from the pace of the game and it's so much more athletic than it ever was yeah i I, yeah you hit that you hit it right in the head with that um so they're 40 and 22 after last night with 20 games with 20 games remaining what do you think the Sixers have to do record-wise to secure that three or four seed? And then how, how would you rank the East's two true contenders in Toronto, Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly? Well, Milwaukee's really good. Um, I, I, think, um, I think the Sixers can beat Toronto in a series. I, I think the way it's going to come out, it's naturally that they're going to get the third seed because Indiana's going to drop out of there. Yeah. And so they get the third seed and they play the Nets in the first round and they, they win that series. And, and I don't care what anybody said. Net, yeah, Nets are better, but they're not going to win seven game series against the Sixers and then and then they would they would probably get the the, the Bucks in that next round um 
But if they get Toronto or the Bucks, it, it wouldn't matter to me. I, I think they can they can beat Toronto. I think they can they're gonna have to beat Milwaukee in Milwaukee early in the series. I think. Right. And uh, if they get that advantage, they can win it in six. But right now, I, I would say Milwaukee is kind of the front runner. But I expect a team with the best start, second best starting vibe in the league, if not the best, to be viable enough to knock them off in a seven game series. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I know that you think they can get to the finals, but how far do they have to go to ensure that Brett Brown returns next year? I think that the finals, the Eastern finals, if they lose, they'll have to lose in seven for him to, to stay. If they, if they lose in the second round, he's done. If, yeah. they, if they extend a series to seven games and it could go either way and they don't win, he's going to be back. Yeah. I, I th- yeah, I think that's a very reasonable way to way to approach this from both a fan's perspective and from a from a business perspective for the for the, for the organization. Um, if you had to keep Butler or Harris, which one would you keep, and what would you pay to make sure that you can keep them? I I, I would actually not want to take one of them. I would take both of them. I, they have to keep this thing together. <laughs> they really do. I mean, they they don't win it this year. Uh, Golden State is ripe the following year. So they, in my mind, and you know, they, Alton Brand has told me directly that their plans are to, to, to keep them both and keep it together and they can do it financially. So I would expect, uh, I couldn't take one or the other. To me, that would be a defeat to keep yeah. keeping them both and keeping that, that starting five viable enough to, to win a championship the following year has to be uh, paramount to them. Yeah. Yeah. And then going off of that, and you kind of gave your answer, I think, but if you no, make a prediction, Tobias Harris, you keep because he's performing yeah. a little better. But Butler does, you know, so many things defensively, and and uh, he's so yep. he's reliable in the fourth quarter, and uh, so I, I I couldn't divide one from the other. Yeah, I think I think Butler brings things to the table. Like he's a calming presence on the on the floor as a floor general right late in the game. And to Boston Celtics, when Ben when they when they figure out Ben Simmons. He gets very tight. He's very panicked in late games. And Butler's there. He can play point guard at six eight. You can switch up the lineup a little bit, be more versatile. And he offers this little this 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 calming presence on both sides to play point guard. And I think that's important whether he's scoring or not. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, so you already gave. Me, I think you probably already gave the answer. But if you had to make a prediction, will both be Sixers next year? I say yes. They both will be Sixers. Love to hear that. Yes. Love to hear that. And then my last question about the Sixers. Um, will JJ Redick be back next year? Interesting question. Um, I, uh, I, I would think yes. I think that he like, can't find a better situation than what he's got with this team. Yeah. So I would say yes. Now, you know, maybe they have to pay him a little less and maybe he'll take a little less at this point of his career just to stay here. Cause you know, he's not going to do better than this team and he's got a yeah. winning team and he's got a situation where, you know, he lives in Brooklyn and he, uh, Philly's a good spot for him. So, um, yeah, I think he'll be back. I, I think one of the most unbelievable things about him, or about Embiid really too, is that the, the, the couple games before the All-Star break when they had Tobias, Redick was going off because Embiid was setting, these, was setting unbelievable screens for him and they had to cover all the shooters and it got him so much more space. Now that Embiid's gone for a couple games, you see the impact that he has on JJ with because JJ has to has to use so much more energy to get himself open, and he's missing things short now all over the place. So you really see the value that Embiid adds to JJ Redick. Even it's 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 really it's it's a fascinating uh, situation there. Yep. Um, 
Now, seeing as you usually have general knowledge Wednesday and you're a guest on my, my podcast, I thought I'd flip the bill for once. Okay. And so uh, I'm going to give you one question. Okay. What is the only U.S. state capital that does not have a McDonald's? <laughs> the only U.S. state capital that does not have a McDonald's? Yep. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, I'll go Albuquerque, New Mexico. Wah, wah, wah. I don't. I don't have the sound effects. I don't have the sound effects that you guys have. But it's Montpelier, uh, Vermont. Get out! No McDonald's yep. there. There's no McDonald's there. Unbelievable. What are they anti um, in Vermont? Are they anti McDonald? Listen, man. Yeah, I, I, I didn't read the questions. <laughs> you gotta give me more information on that. Come on, bro. That's a violation on my part. I it apologize. Because I have to use that on the air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can use that one yeah, on I gotta, Wednesday. I gotta know the reason. Yeah. Uh, right, well, listen, get back, I, get back to me on that. I'll email you that one. Um, right. uh, I, I did. Ha I had two two small things left. I wanted to tell you. I remember back in August, I was moving into my apartment, and I saw your show on TV, and I called in, and uh, I presented the idea of moving Santana to the th to third, Michael Franco to shortstop, and yeah. then oh, someone you. someone it that was me, and then someone oh, else. I think uh, King to second base. You for that. And you and you said and you said that might be the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my entire life. And then you said and you go you go what you don't want Bryce Harper and I go he, he, he's a diva I don't I don't want a diva and you're like what do you care he's a diva. Uh, Looking back on it, oh my god, am I happy to have yeah, Bryce you, Harper? You learned a big lesson <laughs> from that call. I learned a big yeah, I learned did. a big lesson that day. Yes, you did. Um, uh, Mike, where can where, where can people find you? Me on Twitter, Mike Miss nine seven five. Uh, on Twitter or email Mike Miss at 975thefanatic.com. Awesome. Mike, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. All right, Alton. Take care, buddy. Take care. And that was Mike Missinelli of 975 The Fanatic. Huge thank you to Mike, who's one of my favorites in the industry and one of the guys that I look up to in sports radio. He was a pleasure to have on as a guest. It was my honor. Um, but before I let you all go for the evening, do you like shotgunning beer? Do you want to increase your shotgun time at parties? Check out my boys at the King Cobra. The King Cobra is a shotgunning tool that makes the perfect shotgunning hole in under a second. It's also a tab puller, vent puncher, and all fits on a keychain. For more information about the King Cobra, check them out on Instagram at the King Cobra Co. That's the King Cobra Co. And Cobra, uh, Cobra is spelled with a K. For 10% discount on all products, enter the code PRESTACOBRA10, all caps, all one word. Pick up yours today. The feed to Embiid. And its name is protected by U.S. copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution without my permission is prohibited. Copyright, the Feed to MB 2019. Once again, this is the Feed to MB. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We will be back with more Feed to MB tomorrow night after the Sixers face the Golden State Warriors in Philadelphia. Thank you for tuning in.